We're going to use our words to describe Game of Thrones. Woo! Episode 68, apparently, because that's the only name that they gave <laughs> to the episode. They, 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 they stopped being creative mm-hmm. and just named it 68. So strange. Yeah. Either way, it's the season eight. Is this eight? This is eight. Season eight. Final season. First episode of the final season. Episode eight. Episode one of season eight. Mm-hmm. On the Madness Movies podcast, which is what you're listening to. And I'm talking and creating live as, as I'm talking. <laughs> <laughs> it's late and we're a little slap happy. It's going to be fun. <laughs> it's premiere night. It's premiere night. That's exciting. My name's Andy. I'm Emily. And I already said the title, but this is the Madness and Movies podcast. The podcast where we examine pop culture through the lens of madness and madness through the lens of pop culture. And we find madness in the places where you least expect it. My name's Andy. And I'm Emily. <laughs> and we're talking about Game of Thrones, episode 68. We already said our names, too. <laughs> it's going to be great. It's going to be a great episode. Yep. Um, should we... I feel like we should just go ahead and just spoiler warning the crap out of this oh, thing. Yeah. Like, there's... This is a big cultural event. Mm-hmm. You're going to want to see it. And we can't talk about it without just, like, spoiling the bejesus yeah. out of it. So I'm not even going to try. Yeah, so watch it first, come back, and listen. Yeah. Yep. Um, so, with that in mind, do we want to give some kind of plot synopsis? It's kind of a like a check-in episode, right? Where they just jump back and forth yeah. and see what everybody's up to. Yeah, I think so. And I mean, hopefully people are listening to this after just watching it. So yeah, I don't know that we need a synopsis. Okay. All right. Okay. Yeah. No synopsis. We're going to do it. Okay. You know, skip right to the meat of the show. Yes. Which is to say that there almost it isn't a lot of meat to our show because so much of our show is about taking uh characters that are behaving in ways that are you know you might not expect or you might not think are normal or whatever and kind of zooming out and kind of justifying it trying to give it context and give it some shape and some meaning and whatever and that's like the whole mo of game of thrones is to take i don't know to show you someone like cersei for example Mm -hmm. just a bitch but then also, but to pull back and show show her before and show her as a as a nice person who's trying to do right by the world and trying to just make her way through it. And then sort of as she gets just repeatedly beaten down and beaten down and beaten down and sort of says like, all right, cool. The only person I can trust is me and the rest of y'all are going to betray me. That's fine. And that you, you know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm, absolutely. Showing like the dark side, but then saying like. Oh, this is how this is how we came to this. This yes. is this is why this person is this way. Yeah, and showing the complexity too. Yeah. I think that like there's no character on Game of Thrones except maybe like Joffrey and Ramsay <laughs> Bolton. But yeah, 
besides the like super sadistic ones, there's no character who's like all good or all bad. They're all like a complicated mix and they're reacting to different circumstances. And yeah, it's just a show that's like really complicating what we think of as what constitutes a person and what a character should or shouldn't be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I we were re re watching older stuff today in anticipation of the new mm -hmm. episode and uh, Kyburn, the like Cersei's like hand of the queen, I guess the, mm -hmm. the mad scientist guy, whatever, like when he's first introduced in the show, he's like. He's like talking to Jamie and Jamie kind of goes, wait a minute, you're the guy that like scooped up poor people off the streets and took them into like a torture dungeon under the city. You're a bad man. You ran experience. You ran a lot of experiments on poor people. And Kyburn says like, OK, but like you, Mr. Kingslayer, how many people have you killed? You think you're better than me? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And it's like, oh, and he's like, I save people with my medicine. Sure, I had to kill a few, but I, I, I killed a hundred. I saved a thousand. I think it worked out pretty well. Yeah. And it's that it's that it's that constantly just that constant setting up of expectation of like, oh, bad man. And then. Complicating it and graying it. Yeah. And I feel like it's really a show about this idea that no one's necessarily like better than anyone else. Everybody is just doing what they feel they have to with their circumstances. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, especially Braun. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Braun most explicitly, I think. Yeah, yeah. He's, I think, what I like about him is that he's super honest about it. <laughs> and, um, yeah, he's never pretended to be, like, doing anything for some sort of moral high ground or... Um, philosophical, ideological reason. He's literally just there to make money <laughs> and survive. Um, yeah. And yeah, I, I like that kind of honesty because I think in our world today, that's fairly rare. Um, I think a lot of us, most of us, I think, are just kind of like doing what we need to to survive um, and like hopefully make a comfortable living and um, not die or not be in extreme poverty and but we don't really admit that I feel like we like to be like oh I'm I'm doing what I love I'm doing what I'm passionate about or I'm doing this to save lives or take the moral high ground and um yeah I don't know that can be part of it but we also are always trying to survive and yeah so I just I like that in, about in, Ron yeah 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 and I'm trying to survive I don't know. It means a lot more than just making money. Yeah, it's, totally. Yeah, totally. It's like, yeah. No, I just want to jump into that a little bit, just in case it's not super clear, mm -hmm. just on the surface level, like feeling good about yourself when you go to bed. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, having a community of people that aren't gonna judge you or shit on you, or who will bring you casseroles when you have cancer. I don't know. <laughs> like <laughs> that's all wrapped up in that. Um, as well. Right, right. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. And I think that's the reason a lot of people do a lot of things that look, I don't know, that we judge a lot of stuff that we 
judge. It's like, why would you ever be a skinhead? It's like, well, dude, they were the first people that asked me how my day was going. Right, right. Or the other way, too, though. It's people who are altruistic or whatever, um, who do like philanthropic stuff. Yeah, I, I don't know that it's always just out of like altruism. I think a lot of times it's out of wanting to feel good or, yeah, have that community. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Wanting to feel needed. And, you know, I'm not saying that's like bad or something. But, yeah, I just I really love this year honesty of Ron being able to kind of admit that. Yeah, um, it's pretty cool. Yeah. I don't know. I, I like him. <laughs> yeah. And I'm super, super curious how he's going to navigate this situation where he's been offered a huge sum of money to kill, I guess, Jamie and Tyrion, both. Yeah. Both of whom he's friends with. Yeah. He's been fairly close with both of them, and he doesn't really like Cersei, but Cersei's got money? Yeah. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I I wonder if the show is going to... I I don't know try to re-uncomplicate that even and have him like go like oh jamie i can't do it i'm so sorry yeah yeah um and kind of changes my last minute and go oh maybe i do have a heart after all i think it's headed in that direction yeah yeah which i generally I, think so yeah i like that too though yeah, yeah. I, I mean I, I think it's just interesting whatever decision he makes like to see someone navigate that and where where is he going to draw his lines and yeah 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 and how is he going to justify it to himself and to others and yeah yeah because yeah to go back to my my most previous point like money isn't everything right right (laughs) money isn't everything and if you burn literally every bridge then you're just as screwed absolutely yeah yeah um other people we were interested in um theon yes yes um yeah i think theon is often seen as pretty mad pretty disabled like he's he's usually considered weak um his masculinity is put into question a lot um more than put into question it's removed from him forcibly well, if we're defining <laughs> masculinity as having a penis, which we're not in this podcast, because that was that was, you, you said it. You said his manhood, and so I, made I said a, his masculinity. I think you said manhood, <laughs> and so I made a manhood joke. <laughs> cool, um, <laughs> but yeah, but I, I think like um, his masculinity and almost therefore his personhood is thrown into question a lot. He's like seen as cowardly um yeah we his name is reek Reek. yeah um he's like put into this role of victimhood but i think he's not even seen as like a legitimate victim Hmm. i think i think his role is so fascinating and it speaks to how we view male victimhood in our society like i feel like sansa is put into a similar role as him um but we love sansa because she's like a legitimate She overcame. Victim. Yeah, she kind of overcomes it. She becomes stronger. But then she also, she's a woman. So we like accept it more. And she's like a thin and white and pretty woman. Um, and Theon is 
well, now he's, like, not meeting these definitions or these norms of what a man should be. Um, he doesn't have a penis or whatever, and he also, but yeah, he's also, like, weak. He doesn't, like, grow and get stronger as much. Um, he's more, Except like... he does. He does, He but gets more, <laughs> like, cunning. He doesn't get stronger. He gets, like, smarter. That's true. But he's, like, very beaten down and traumatized. Yeah. 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 Um... Yeah, and yeah, I felt like that was just really aptly shown last season where um, he runs away when Yara gets captured. Yeah. Um, and people, yeah, take that and they're like, oh, he's still cowardly. Yeah, he's Yara's like, the masculine one. And, oh, he's the feminine one. Yeah. Um, but this episode, he saves her. Yeah. That's what we see. Again, not stronger, but yeah. smarter. Yeah. He ran away in the face of overwhelming odds, and then he snuck back later and killed everyone and took her back. Yeah. Smarter, not harder. Yeah. And I, she just, like, headbutted him. I don't know. <laughs> Which is fine. But I was still just, like, she can't give him some credit for, like, okay, he retreated, and then he came back. Tactical and, retreat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Um... Someone today told me, don't confuse cowardice for strategy. Um, and I hmm. I like that. I also think maybe they can go together. <laughs> like, <laughs> maybe, maybe there's tactical or strategic cowardice and cowardly strategicness. I don't know. Um, but, yeah, I think it's just more complicated. And I, I like that Theon's character, like, kind of highlights that complexity. Yeah. Yeah. I I think we're going to say that we're going to end up saying this for every character, but I'm really curious to see how he grows and develops. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. That's the strength of Game of Thrones. Like it, it, it's this big meandering, complicated universe, but they really do leave you enough room to kind of step in and fill some gaps mm -hmm. and make some... I don't know, assumptions and fan theories and guesses and I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> like we're doing right now. Uh-huh. Um, I, so you introduced me to Greta Thunberg? Yes, I'm not sure. That correct? I'm not sure how her name is pronounced. T-H-U-N-B-E-R-G. She's Swedish. She's a Swedish teen. Who was a climate change activist, I guess. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Yeah. yeah, she's led student protests. She's spoken at a bunch of stuff. You can see her on YouTube. She's autistic. Yes. yes. Wait, and is it what prize has she been nominated for? Is it? I don't know. I don't want to look You're up. Googling? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Either way, she's a very single-minded uh, woman. Um, and a single-minded woman who is on a traveling road show, um, yelling at people, telling them that the world is ending and then they're not paying attention. Yeah, she was nominated for a Nobel Peace Prize. I okay. just want to put that out there. Okay. How freaking badass is that? Okay, yeah. anyways. She's on an international road trip to tell people that the world is ending and they're not paying attention hard enough. And she's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And sh that's basically Jon Snow? Basically. That's basically Jon Snow. <laughs> Yeah, so Andy was like, I think Jon Snow might be autistic. And I was like, 
And I, and I said, yeah, well, okay, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, you were like, maybe, blah, blah, I don't yeah. know. And I was like, I don't know. Like, I don't know if that, I don't read him, you know, as autistic. I feel like he's, like, too charismatic or whatever. Um, yeah. Fits too traditionally with, like, masculinity. Yeah, I was mostly picking up on the, like, like aggressive singular focus kind yeah. of. Yeah. But then I thought about Greta Thunberg, or however you pronounce your last name. We're going name. with Thunberg. Okay. And, like, yeah, I can see similarities. I can see... And she... And Greta talks about how her, like, being autistic is what has helped her become this amazing activist. That, like, being autistic means that you do often have this singular focus that you narrowly kind of concentrate on. And also that it helps her see the seriousness of climate change that... This is not, you know, everyone else wants to kind of like sugarcoat it or talk around it or like, oh, we'll get to that. And she's like, nope, like blunt, hard truth. This this is really scary. This is an emergency. And yeah, and I feel like I don't know, like it could be because Jon Snow is autistic or maybe not. But I can just see the similarity that he like very much is pretty much the only one right now or one of the only ones to see the cold, hard truth that like White Walkers um, are going to end the world and yeah, yeah. And, and be like singularly focused on it. Yeah. And game of Thrones is basically a show about murdering climate change with fire. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just throwing that out there. Yeah. It's totally a climate change show. <laughs> One of my Facebook friends, I think he listens to the podcast. So he, mm. might, he might hear this, but, um, like, posted something today that was like has anybody ever thought that maybe game of thrones is a climate change metaphor <laughs> and people just bombarded him with youtube videos saying exactly that yeah. <laughs> i don't know i don't know if he got it but it was just like yup everyone has been saying that for the past several years so <sighs> yeah yeah <laughs> um yeah I guess the last main point that I want to sort of hit on, um, I guess, is I, I was really interested in all of the ways that all of the different groups kind of see each other as mad. Mm -hmm. um, that I think sort of the, the setup of this episode, and we were even pointing this out in the title sequence, like they redesigned the title sequence this year slash season and it's very like claustrophobic and narrow and indoors and tense it's not like big and sweeping and sprawling and epic anymore it's narrow it's the insides of buildings and tiny little tiny little hallways with things constantly popping into the foreground um and that's kind of the vibe of at least this episode and i assume a lot of this season is a lot of people in close proximity that aren't super comfortable around each other and a lot of that tension mm -hmm. and paranoia and all the ways that that kind of people grind up against each other. And um, I don't know, I think we've said on here before that like a, a good way to think of madness is to sort of say like what cuts against the grain what doesn't society like or accept or um and that's usually how we kind of define madness is those weird people mm -hmm. those weird people that just don't get it 
Um, and so it's kind of interesting to see in this episode all of the different groups all othering each other. You know, the uh, Daenerys, Danny, going, you know, like and, and and Tyrion kind of having to like. Come to terms with or at least attempt to that, that like the northerners are like super stubborn and don't trust very easily and don't trust other people. Mm -hmm. um, and like, well, why wouldn't they trust me? I brought them an army. Mm -hmm. And like, dude, dude, you can't just walk in here and say that. Yeah. Um, you know, specifically because the Northerners have been betrayed and stabbed in the back. And so they just sort of stick to their own because everyone else keeps screwing them over. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, Ned Stark <laughs> went to King's Landing and got beheaded mm -hmm. also the values conflict in terms of like Daenerys and the Charlies um that Samuel's I guess father and brother mm. were killed by Daenerys because they wouldn't bow to her acknowledge her as the queen and so she had them executed and um yeah Samuel like sees that as um yeah like ruthless or merciless and um there's this whole idea of yeah to what extent do you protect your crown and mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um how much of a crime is it to not recognize someone as your queen and all of that mm. yeah 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 how much that that is really an important thing is that I think Daenerys comes from a very hierarchical yes. kind of, I don't know, background or place or whatever. And yeah, the Northerners are very, uh, what do you say, kind of just scrappy individualist, like, mm -hmm. don't you know, don't you get all high and mighty on me kind of vibe. Yes. Yeah, they're almost more democratic, I feel yeah. like, in some ways. They, even though they didn't elect John, they wanted... John, um, they kind of almost did. They, they kind of did elect John. Yeah. And so this idea of like having someone just having to recognize someone as queen that they don't even know is like, yeah, seems very mad or. Yeah. 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 Not, not right. Yeah. 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 I think that's all I have. Yeah. Yeah, that's, uh, you know, it's an hour long episode. There's a whole bunch more of the series to come. So we don't want to blow our whole load and it's late and blah, blah, blah. Why am I justifying to you? <laughs> I don't know why I'm justifying to you. Do we want to do a lightning round? Do you have anything else left in the tank? No, I don't. Um, nope, I don't either. That's great. Cool. Well, cool. See you next week. Yes. See you next week after you share this podcast with one of your friends and tell them yes. that we did a really good job breaking down Game of Thrones and it all made sense to you once we were done talking. Yes. Do it. Share it. Yeah. Feed, give us your feedback. Let us know what you think. Yes. All of the above. Yes. Mad love. Mad love. Bye. <laughs>